Hello and welcome to Nava Perspectives, where we look at key issues, trends and stories that are driving economy, policy and business across Africa. I'm Lanran Kinola, the Head of Content at the Norwegian African Business Association, or Nava, and today we're talking about Africa's return to the capital markets. That's right, African sovereigns have returned to the international capital markets. In case you weren't aware, the last time an African sovereign issued debt in a hard in hard currency, i.e. the dollar basically, was in April 2022. So we have had we've gone almost two years without a single African sovereign issuing any hard currency debt. Why has that been the case? In short, we kind of all know the story. We've had really tight financial conditions. There's been concerns about debt distress across Africa. Now, in early 2024, market conditions are easing. U.S. Fed, uh, U.S. rate cuts are on the horizon, and that is once again opening up the door. In the last couple of weeks, we have had a flurry of activity. First, we saw Cote d'Ivoire sell $2.6 billion worth, worth of debt. Then earlier this week, Benin issued its first U.S. dollar-denominated bond. It sold $750 million worth of debt and hot off the press, so to speak. Just the other day, I think it was Wednesday, Kenya's government announced that it too was returning to the capital markets to sell U.S. dollar-denominated debt. Now, on the surface, this is good news. Africa has been locked out. From accessing capital markets, it's been locked out from raising the kind of money that African economies need to support economic growth, to drive investment. Now we're seeing things open up again. On the surface, in principle, this is a good thing. However, we need to be a little bit careful about this. Um, first, we're still in the middle of a debt crisis. Let's not forget that. Now, a lot of discussion around this kind of beats around the bush and is a bit polite around this term of calling it a dead crisis. I would say a situation in which you have, I think it's almost two dozen countries, according to the IMF across Africa, that are now at high risk of debt distress or in debt distress, where you've had three high profile sovereign defaults in the last three or four years. You had first you had Zambia in 2020. Then you had Ghana at the end of 2022. And of course, just a couple of months ago, we had Ethiopia also default on its external debt. All three of those countries are now trying to get debt relief under the so-called G20 common framework, which is, of course, aimed at helping these countries to restructure their debt. That process is proving to be very difficult indeed. Zambia has now been added for over three years and there's been many occasions when it seemed like they were getting close to reaching a deal with the, their official and private creditors, but we're still not there. Ghana and Ethiopia are now entering that process, and their experience is unlikely to be much different. There are concerns globally around the inadequacy of the common framework to meet the debt distress needs and the debt relief needs of many emerging economies, many of them in Africa, who are struggling with their debt service payments in particular. So yes, it's good that we're seeing capital markets open up again, but let's not lose perspective here and, and forget that we, there is still a significant problem on the continent. There are a lot of countries that I would say are 
at risk of still defaulting. I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least a couple of more sovereign defaults before things things get better. And there are many countries that are very much on the edge. So that's one thing that we have to uh, take into consideration. Also, we, we need to be careful about how this is this is often presented in the media. And for this, uh, I think the example of Benin is is a really good one. Uh, let me just get the tab up here. We go. Right. Here we go. So here you'll see this is a Bloomberg article and the headline says it all. Benin's debut dollar bonds oversubscribed by more than six times, right? What a blockbuster entry to the capital markets for little Benin. Benin's debut dollar bond offering was oversubscribed by more than six times as demand for riskier emerging market assets grows amid expectations of U.S. interest rate cuts this year. Well, first thing to say, I guess, is well done to Benin for its successful issuance. Nothing against Benin, but treat headlines like this with care. First of all, there's a reason that African sovereign bonds tend to be oversubscribed. This isn't the first time I've seen headlines like this. I've seen many of them. And the main reason is that they pay much higher yields than than, than bonds in so-called developed economies, right? That is just financial jargon for basically the interest that you earn as an investor if you buy into these bonds. And in, in financial terms, it's just a no-brainer, right? Do you want more money or do you want less money? So the the interest is, it, it it's linked to these high yields that, that you tend to get uh, for African bonds. And those high yields are part of the problem that got us to where we are in terms of the debt crisis I've just been talking about. Because high yields mean you need to pay higher interest. And when you have a situation like we've had in the last couple of years where the dollar has been really strong, interest rates have been going up, many African currencies have depreciated against the dollar, that debt can very quickly become unsustainable. And to illustrate the, the to illustrate the point here around why such headlines need to be treated with care, here is uh, an article from not too long ago. There we go. This is from 2020, and it reads almost exactly the same. Ghana sells $3 billion in euro bonds oversubscribed five times. So the same kind of enthusiasm for, you know, for this, implying you know isn't this great isn't this like just isn't this isn't this just fantastic and wonderful now this is february 2020 two and a half years or a little bit more than two and a half years later ghana defaulted on that debt so read the coverage of this with some skepticism yes because Having a successful bond issuance doesn't mean that it's going to work out fine uh, down the line. And if you can't, if there are concerns about the ability to, to, to pay the yields that are expected or the yields at which you sell these, these bonds, uh, then you might run into trouble, as has been the case with Ghana. The other thing to say is that uh, market conditions are not guaranteed. Yes, in early 2024, we're seeing some easing of market conditions, as I said earlier, 
rate cuts are on the horizon by the U.S. Federal Reserve. But, you know, just rewind a few years and think about the, the volatility that we've been through. The point being that global economic conditions are unpredictable. And I would say that given the current state of world affairs, the current state of the global economy, not to mention the, the, the potential for conflict and insecurity that we're all well aware of, I would be mindful of betting too much and banking on market conditions continuing to improve or remaining or, or, or staying or being stable or you know being conducive to issuing these bonds for any amount of time. I mean, who would have thought in 2019 that we would have a global pandemic, that we would have a major war in Europe, that we would now be looking at an escalating conflict in the Middle East? All of these shocks, you know, have come in a, in a short span. And I would say that in this respect, it's it's probably best to err on the side of caution. Yeah. So things might may well very quickly get worse again. And then you know, we might we might once again find ourselves in a situation where um you know over overzealous bond issuances can backfire on some of these countries. Now let's also not forget that um that actually on the same theme of the unpredictability of where things are going. So Benin and Cote d'Ivoire at the moment, according to the IMF, they are considered to be at moderate risk of debt distress, which is good for them. They're not in the high risk club, which is a, uh, not a place that you want to be. But let's take Kenya as an example. Back in 2018, Kenya was, was considered to be at low risk of debt distress. Then it was upgraded to moderate. In 2020, it was upgraded to high risk of debt distress by the IMF. And I would say that Kenya is still in a precarious position at the moment. And uh, seeing it go back to the capital markets is, you know, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Um, but it's something that has to be treated with care. Now, to end this and to kind of hammer home that point around just having to be careful with this. There are a couple of quotes that I always bear in mind when it comes to the issue of debt in Africa, and especially the selling of U.S. dollar-denominated debt by African sovereigns. Uh, one is from the president of the African Development Bank, Akinwumi Adeshino, and this is from 2019. Oh, second. There we go. This is from 2019, where the president states emphatically, so September 2019, where he states emphatically, Africa has absolutely no debt crisis. That's just before COVID. And of course, a couple of years later, the war in Ukraine. And we know the story ever since then. The other quote is from the former president of the World Bank, Jim Kim. And this is in 2019. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is March 2017, actually. And this is when the former World Bank president was on a visit to Tanzania. 
And there he too stated emphatically that one of the things we will never go back to is the bad old days where countries were in debt distress. I would say that neither of those comments has aged particularly well. Not that they could predict the future, but it just it just underlines the point that we need to be careful here. Now, overall, start where we began, uh, end where we began, rather. In principle, this is, of course, good news. Yeah? Uh, the African governments aren't doing anything sort of wrong by, by selling U.S. dollar-denominated debt. We all know the world runs on debt. Now, we can have a debate about the some of the problematics that come with that, and I think there are issues with that, but this isn't some sort of out-of-the-norm behavior. This is how governments all around the world raise money. The question is, and this will be the test of this return to the capital markets that we're seeing, and I would anticipate that as soon as other countries are able to tap those markets, they will. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see more debt being sold later this year by other African sovereigns. Um, the, the issue is, have lessons been learned from the last few years? I remember it was in around 2008, 2009, Ghana kicked off the, the Eurobond spree across Africa. It was the first sovereign outside of, in sub-Saharan Africa, outside of South Africa to issue uh, a Eurobond. And then from there, it just cascaded. And we saw more and more countries get on that bandwagon. And for a time, it looked like it was going pretty well. But then it all came unstuck. And my concern here is that if care isn't taken, uh, and given the, the delicate financial positions that many African governments are in right now, if care isn't taken, this could easily backfire. I don't want to come across as some sort of doomsayer, but past experience is something that must be learned from. And my hope is that as we enter this new phase of borrowing on the international capital markets by African sovereigns, that those lessons have been taken on board. We shall see. Anyway, that concludes my rant for this edition of the Naba Perspectives podcast. If you like it, uh, feel free to like, feel free to subscribe to our channel. Thank you very much for watching. We will be back next week.